Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. Also want to give a shout out to Purple PTSD for giving us a chance to post our podcast there as well. Be sure to go check out the great Vikings coverage over at purplepptsd.com. Kyle, we are here. We are middle of July, I guess closer to the end of July now. And yeah. uh, finally, some things are starting to come together. We're anticipating training camp starting. We've got rookies coming, then we got the rest of the team coming. Uh, we've got some things we're going to talk about today in terms of some positions that we're going to look out for in terms of training camp battles. But before we get into that, uh, first, how are you? Uh, and then I'll ask you to just kind of even run through a little bit of some of the Vikings updates. But but first, um, how are things on your end? Things are okay. Yeah, it's hard to believe that. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that it's already late July. The COVID time warp is still present, I think. Like, I feel like I'm still, even though life is so much more normal now than when it first arrived. But um, I don't know. Are you still experiencing a bit of a time warp on your end? Like oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And I think yeah. also too, I, for those that aren't aware, Kyle and I both have had young children. Yeah. Newborns born in the last yeah. year. Uh, yeah. And so that, uh, I don't know about you, but for me, that certainly changes oh, yeah. all yeah. concept of time. Each of us within the past year became a dad and each of us has a child under one years old. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you've heard about that, but that takes some time and effort. <laughs> so and it's tiring. So yeah, that, that contributes as well. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's hear some news. I know there hasn't been a whole lot of big news, but there's been some small pieces that aren't inconsequential. So um, right. maybe it's not, and some of the stuff's happened even just quite recently here, but uh, yeah. what's maybe some of the the news items that relate to the Vikings um, that have that's kind of transpired over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, sure. So the so we're recording, I believe it's Thursday. So this is going to come on Monday. So some of the stuff I say now might be a little bit outdated by then. But um, at least, uh, I don't know, maybe it's of interest to see what was going on a few days beforehand. Uh, some of the recent stuff, Nate Stanley was waived. He was let go. And so as a result, the Vikings have 89 men on the roster rather than the full 90, and they'll certainly add someone to get up to 90. Now, that might just be someone who um, maybe was a late-round guy from previous drafts who just wasn't working out at a different team who gets cut early, or um, could be an undrafted free agent who they've had their eye on, or I think a lot of Vikings fans are hoping for someone like J.C. Treader, like a veteran, especially someone for the line, the offensive line is always a concern. Um, someone who could help out with the O-line, especially center position, or even the defensive line, I'd be thrilled if they, um, you know, added another edge rusher. Someone who could even take on a rotational job and bring a little bit more pass rush. Uh, that would seem to me very wise, but yeah. we'll see. So I'm kind of curious about the, the Treader piece because I've seen a lot right. of Vikings fans really push for him 
a lot. Yeah. And I guess my question, and maybe this is just my inexperience with really tracking NFL offseason, but why is he still available? So I think a lot of times veterans are still available at this stage. You know, one, the most obvious answer in a sense is, you know, I'm sure if somebody came in and just wowed him with money, I mean, I, I, I can't speak to individuals. Uh, so maybe speaking, you know, generally NFL veterans, maybe you don't get the deal you're hoping for. Right? And so you kind of wait it out kind of thing. Uh, but then a lot of times, too, there seems to be a sense of, you know, I'll wait till training camp. I'll wait till the preseason. And then when there is an injury, when a young player isn't developing as a team hopes, you know, opportunities might open up on teams that currently aren't interested in me. Um, and there's some guys, too, that just don't want it. I mean, after so many years uh, waiting it out a little bit and not having to go through that grind of all the offseason stuff in training camp, I think it can be appealing to train on your own, stay in shape, do your stuff, wait for a favorable situation to open up, and then, you know, make your pick. And, of course, for a lot of veterans, especially if you have it at one, um, hopefully that's with a team that has a chance to win, right? And so I think that seems to be a lot of times the rationale that you hear. As for J.C. Treader as an individual, I don't know. Um, he could reach out to me if he yeah. happens to hear this and let me know, and I'd be very happy to interview him for full PTSD. Yeah, well, it just seems like a lot of people want him. It feels like he could be... Uh, yeah, man. Um, I one it feels like he uh would already be um someone that fans really celebrate and it feels like it would be a real um pr get for uh quasi dofo mensa uh, yeah because yeah. it, it it like you said it's a position in need it's a player that's had a history of of doing well mm-hmm. so anyways i just i was curious about that um, yeah it's but, it's a good topic and it's one that fans and writers have come back to a lot yeah so the you mentioned the 89 yep. spots. Uh, so we've got Ed Ingram and um, Cameron Booth Jr. that haven't signed. Are they part of the 89 or? Yeah, so a- Andrew, Andrew Booth Jr. Yeah, so they, they're included in the 89, even though they haven't officially signed their deals. So they might have changed with Ed Ingram. I believe it was Chris Thomason, I think was the first, but uh, Chris Thomason was suggesting that uh, Ingram is now going to uh, sign his contract so they're both second round picks um and so the fact that they were drafted by the vikings means you know in a sense they're free agents and that you know they're not on a team but like they're not going anywhere like they are minnesota vikings um ingram seems like he's gonna sign his deal and so i think that just leaves andrew booth jr uh and so i would think that it's going to be a priority to get that done sooner rather than later because the sunday the 24th uh this podcast will come out on monday the 25th but on the 24th uh the rookies show up to training camp and and now things are things are moving and i think things are kind of on their way right so uh, both of those guys participated in the earlier portions of the offseason work and they had oh gosh i can't remember the exact technical term for it but some sort of in essence, like an insurance policy kind of thing. Like if anything were to happen, you know, God forbid someone were to have a really serious injury, there is some sort of protection in place to, um, yeah, protect them in that instance if, if the worst were to happen. Right. Okay. So we've got, got eye up for those. Uh, Stanley, we got... 
the yeah, rookies. That's the roster spot. We got the rookies. Rookies coming in twenty yep. fourth. Rest of the team. Yeah. And one other note about that. So on the one hand, started training camp is a big deal because it's it kind of signals the end of the really slow season in NFL news. But don't think of this as like the beginning of free agency. Like free agency begins and you get just like you know like a fire hose of news just coming crazy fast. It really won't be like that with training camp. Like you'll get news, things will pick up and things will go and we'll kind of start ascending, but it's not going to be as exciting as mid-March right. when all this money is flying around and that kind of thing. So on the one hand, be excited. On the other hand, understand that this doesn't work in the same way that say free agency does. Right. Right. Um, and I guess the other piece of news that kind of Vikings fans have been uh, watching out for is Kyle yeah. Rudolph. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That was, um, I don't know what the conversations were like behind closed doors or even if they were, were serious conversations, but he was very public. Like he said publicly, like, I want to come back to Minnesota. I want to win a championship here. Um, the fans still seem to really embrace my family. This feels like home and all this stuff. And so it was out there. He had that desire, obviously. And uh, he ended up going to Tampa Bay instead. So clearly there couldn't have been too strong of a desire in Minnesota's end. Um, that's just kind of my conclusion based off what I've seen with the public knowledge, but perhaps this misguided. Yeah. It, uh, one of the things I find really interesting about sports is just this uh, aspect of balancing loyalty in business. Uh, yeah. And Kyle Rudolph had some great years in Minnesota. Um, yes. Yeah. He is on the back half of his career, if not kind of yeah. nearing the end. And so, yep. uh, as a fan, sometimes you, you can think from a, that loyal uh, past perspective of just remembering those days uh, and, yep. and the reforms he had. Uh, but in some ways it feels like depending on what the conversations were, uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta figure out actually what's gonna be best for your team this year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, and Tampa Bay, hey, that's a pretty good opportunity. Um, oh man, yeah, exactly. And I mean, if he wants to, he's never won a Super Bowl, and so this gives him a way better chance of winning a Super Bowl than if he'd come to Minnesota. So, in in a sense, I'm happy for him. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's probably the the right perspective there. Mm -hmm. uh, any other news? Because uh, if not. Got some questions uh, for yeah. you. That we'll, we'll shift the focus here. Let's what, do that. What I am curious about, because I, I've been actually doing some more reading than I normally would, and I think you start to pay attention that there are certainly some positions that are relatively guaranteed. You, you know, roughly, especially like the receivers, you know there's not going to be a competition at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um but there are certainly some positions that uh, have some uncertainty attached to them. There's some, whether it's a rookie and a veteran or some free agents that have come in, uh, there certainly is going to be some battles for positions at training camp. And so I'm curious for yeah. you, from your perspective, what are maybe three positions that you're particularly looking at and who are those players that you see really vying for, for those positions? Right. So it's interesting in that on one hand, 
there is a fair bit of uncertainty at critical spots. But on the other hand, like what Sam is saying, a lot of these kind of critical positions, there's not much drama. Who are the two edge rushers going to be? Well, we know it's going to be Daniel Hunter and Zedary Smith. Who are the two middle linebackers? It's going to be Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hex, guaranteed. You know, if you're wanting to look at more uncertainty, you might say the safety position, not Harrison Smith-wise, but who's going to start opposite him? Is going to be Lewis Senior? Is going to be Cameron Bynum? And that is going to be interesting, even if in the end it's not as important in the sense that it might be a little more dynamic insofar as, you know, the Vikings might try to get three safeties onto the field with a certain degree of regularity. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I was just looking at Harrison Smith's snap counts. Um, not so much how many snaps he played, but how they were divvied up. And I believe he had more than 100 snaps in the slot. Um, so he can play in the slot. And Cameron Bynum, of course, was a college corner. And so that gives you at least a certain degree of confidence that he could take on maybe more coverage responsibility than a lot of safeties. And so that would be one to monitor, especially in the context of, you know, Lewis Seen was Quasi Dovermans' first ever pick as well as his first pick in the trap, right? The first round pick after the reasonably controversial decision to trade down with Detroit. And then Lewis Seen was the player whom he chose. Uh, so that will be an interesting one for a veteran defense, or at least among the starters, All pretty much all the depth is, is young. Um, but among the starters, that will be an interesting battle. Yeah, it is an interesting thing. And I guess one of the things you touched on there is just realizing that um, and I think hopefully in some ways there's going to be some shifting around uh, with those guys. You yeah. get three very quality players at yeah. that position. Um, and so it's it's interesting. I, like, I think especially as you look at the corner position, um, there there's some potentially some uh, a lack of depth there uh, yeah. in terms of players that, that you feel really comfortable of being average or above average starters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that it's going to be an interesting one. Not, I think what I'm hearing is like, not necessarily like um, who is going to win the job, but what jobs are they going to end up kind of filling? Yeah. Right. I mean, is it going to be, if you get those three safeties on the field regularly, that's, you know, it's somewhat unusual. It's, yeah. it's common to have five sets backs in the field. Now that's basically, that's pretty much a base formation for an NFL defense now, but to do so with two corners and three safeties is a little more unusual and, and quite intriguing. We'll, we'll see if it ends up working out well. Yeah. Cool. Well, we got safeties. What, what other position? So safety see? is, uh, I guess I, I went to safety in my mind uh, because of the starter battle, but then the one that I'm, if I'm really worried about defense and uh, the one that actually kind of you know, makes me wonder if they've done enough is for depth at defensive end. Daniil Hunter, we expect to be excellent. Zadarius Smith, we expect to be excellent. Both of whom coming off serious injuries, both of whom are a touch old now. Not ancient, not really old, but probably close to the end of the career than the beginning. So, you know, this, uh, it's a little concerning. I mean, the next guy up would be DJ Wanham, who did have eight sacks last year. But there's been a fair amount of talk about him, uh, you know, not being super successful when it comes to defeating blockers. And so, yes, eight sacks is notable, 
But when you step back and kind of assess the pass rush as a whole, he didn't win with as much regularity as you'd really hope. Now, maybe as the third pass rusher, uh, that's okay, right? And then maybe some of these other young dudes, Patrick Jones II, Shanaris Robinson, um, even Canadian, Luigi Villain. I assume it's francophone, Villain, but maybe maybe it's uh, pronounced more like villain or Villain. I'd have to, uh, if I ever get a chance to speak to uh, Luigi Villain, I'll ask um, if he's francophone. Um, in any case, uh, he's an undrafted free agent and uh and see and see if he can um maybe stick around as a, a depth guy uh you know i one thing i've done it's going to end this sunday i've been doing a series on full ptsd called the donatel diary and i've gone back and looked at i've i've watched every denver broncos game from last season and watched their defense like you know fast forward through the offense and uh, just get little bits of that but then i watched their defense try and get a sense of what the scheme is like and kind of how they performed all this stuff by the end of the year the broncos were just so injured so like they were just you know backups to backups were playing third string guys um von miller of course by that time was gone he got sent to uh, the rams you know they were just really in rough shape based off what they thought the personnel was going to be and the amount of young guys that came in and still did quite well like you know like i'm talking like late round guys right and you know sophomores not a lot of experience so that gives me a lot of hope in the sense that and i understand big fangio was maybe the true masterminds you know because he's the defensive head coach and maybe ed donatel isn't able to replicate some of the things that fangio was doing but when i look at still how well that defense performs uh given all the adversity they faced given the reality of their offense really struggling to stay on the field and score many points and all those injuries, like third string guys at critical positions, and, uh, it gives me a lot of hope. What I'm trying to get at here it gives me a lot of hope for DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones, Luigi Villain. Insofar as young guys last year in the Broncos came in and did pretty well. Obviously, they're not Von Miller good, but they did pretty well. And the defense as a whole was still really good. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Ed Donatello is, is going to develop some of these young depth guys. And it's going to work out okay at defensive end, or rather outside linebacker, because it's a three-four. Okay, so so you're looking at yeah that position, right? Because I know um, I was reading actually this morning, uh, Arif Hassan wrote about Jalen Twy- uh, Twyman. Um, that one of his yeah. bold predictions is him earning a big role at that defensive end position. Um, yeah, so he'd be playing like the five technique, which is to say, like he'd be in a th- th- uh, three-point stance and he'd be an outside shade on the offensive tackle. Um, I, I like Jalen Twyman. I, I, it's unfortunate he didn't get a chance to play during the rookie season. He got shot. It's just one of these things that that happened, and and uh, through no fault of his own, and he, was, he missed his rookie season. And and then uh, I, I'm I'm feeling hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, it was interesting just because like I think especially in the NFL, I find that you kind of almost for, not that you forget about people, but like you you see the draft class, yeah, and if they don't sometimes you don't hear about them for that first year uh but like there's some people from that past draft that uh that could be stepping into some neat roles and that's kind of how it seems to work anyways um so yeah some interesting names there i guess it's just uh you can have a lot of names but you need someone to jump into those into those spots um Mm -hmm. so we've got 
you got two here. Do you have one more position maybe that you're thinking that you, well, you're kind of interested in terms of the competition there? Yeah, I would say kicker, but right now it's only great ghost. And so he's kind of competing against himself. So I, I, but I will mention that as an honorable mention just briefly as possible that the 90th spot goes to a second kicker so that there's more of a true competition. But I would say the final one would be the interior O line, specifically, you know, center and right guard, maybe just even highlighting right guard. Right now, there's not much competition at center for Garrett Bradbury. Maybe JC Treader gets that spot. And then now all of a sudden you have a competition. Uh, with Treader in that situation being the clear favorite. Uh, right guard, Chris Tree, Jesse Davis. Um, I think Ole Udo has been brought back to a swing tackle role, but he played right guard last year, started a lot of games. Uh, even Wyatt Davis, who didn't really do much as a rookie, but uh, is a right guard. And so uh, it looks like the main competitions between Reed and Davis uh, being Jesse Davis, but Wyatt Davis perhaps also uh, makes a push. And I'm right now I'm leaning towards Chris Reed. Read good things about him. Played for Indianapolis last year. I think he'll end up winning the job and uh, and actually doing quite well. Like not, he's not going to be Quentin Nelson elite, but like he's. I think he's going to be okay. I think he, I think he's going to do pretty good for the Vikings. Um, so obviously, the offensive line is just this constant concern for the Vikings, and uh, specifically right guard seems to be. Uh, kind of a critical point yeah yeah I think that's that's fair that was that was the one position that I was anticipating for sure that you would you would yeah. mention uh you yeah. left me sweating a little bit there leaving it for the very end yeah but, uh, yeah I mean what what would a Vikings position concern piece be without talking about the O-line exactly exactly you know um, someday that could be I don't know maybe someday we'll be like the Dallas Cowboys or like Indianapolis where it's just like every year we have like the league's best or one of the league's best offensive lines. And I, that's the world I want to live in. Yeah. It's not that important. <laughs> yeah. That's right. As yeah. we've seen. Yeah. Right. The, I'll, I'll throw in one that you didn't mention that I'm yeah, kind of curious. Do. I, I think I almost kind of, I think it was, I was trying to allude to it when we were doing our bold predictions last. And uh, again, I was kind of trying to put a number on it, but um, I'm really curious about what shapes up with the running back uh, situation. Right. And I know like it's not like someone's going to overtake Dalvin Cook, but even just was reading today, talking about are they going to get creative with some of those positions because or with some of those yeah. players because they've got some really good players, uh, and it's hard to get them all touches. And so I know they talked about Dalvin Cook, like lining up as a receiver at times. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm really curious to see what they do with the running backs, and I think. Really, the the bull prediction I made last time, what I am curious about and what I almost kind of can foresee is that a couple guys are going to have some, maybe some good years in terms of yardage. And it may be, like he's kind of referred to, it may not all be, um, like there might there might be some numbers from a, a receiving perspective, um, yeah. kind of using that, because that's something that, at least in the past, the Vikings have appeared not to do as much as uh, kind of, um, yeah, involving the the running backs in the in the passing game, at least from from my perspective. So I I'm I'm curious to see what that all looks like. And I in some ways I don't know if that's going to necessarily be figured out a whole lot in training camp, but certainly something to be watching for, uh, especially coming preseason. Yeah, it's that's a good one because I mean the screens last year 
we're not nearly good enough. And uh, kind of rotating the backs, I think we all could be in favor of that. You got a lot of talent there. So, I mean, training camp preseason, that's the time to really, really kind of rep these screens, be unpredictable, be really detail-oriented. I think it could be great. If, if they figure out a way to use the backs effectively, it could be Alexander Madison. Man, I, I know some people are negative about him, but he's a good receiver. He's a good receiving back. I, I like Alexander Madison. And uh, so we'll see what, what Kevin O'Connell ends up coming up with. And what, you know, obviously Wes Phillips as well, the OC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am certainly really curious about that and, and how you use those, all, all, all that talent, like you mentioned. Yep. Yep. Good. Any, any other thoughts on Vikings? No, I mean, no, I gave the warning about training camp. Um, don't expect a flood of news, but, you know, news is going to happen. And um, otherwise, just enjoy it, right? Like, enjoy it, and um, football is coming. We are what, – what's, what's the date here today, Sam? July 21st. 21st. So August 14th is the first preseason game. So we're less than a month away from seeing the Vikings take the football field and play a game. And it's not you know, a real game. It's preseason, but still, it's, it's still Vikings football game. Yeah, we're, so you know what? There's something to be said for that. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, will be watching it. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's it. It shocks me. Just I forget about it sometimes, but how little content there is for sports in the summer. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm ready to watch some preseason football. Hundred percent, real stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. as we wrap up here, just we'll do a little bit of a Vikings uh, conclusion and a wild update. Uh, mixed it up a little bit there, um, but with the NHL offseason in full swing. We've had the draft, we've had some free yep. agency. Uh, I think it's become very clear that these buyouts have now impacted the way that this Minnesota Wild team is able to operate. Um, yeah. Not really being able to be a player in free agency. I know there's been some news about Kirill Kaprizov. That's kind of, I think we just kind of have to wait and see how all that news shakes out and, and what happens. And uh, I, yep. I feel for, for Minnesota Wild fans, uh, second straight off season of just uh, concern about uh, Kaprizov last year with the contract um, this year, just the situation. So all the best in that situation. Hope that that, that clears up um, from what I've read. And I, I was watching pretty intently with the NHL draft to uh, Minnesota wild did quite well. Uh, a couple of their guys, uh, Urov and Ogren are predicted to be, quite good players a, a lot of the people that i trust as prospect uh analysts are really high on both those guys and uh hockey prospecting um byron batter on on twitter he he does a par- prospect pool strength rankings and everyone's got different kind of criteria for what a prospect is his is 100 games or less which uh Again, he's, he's got his criteria and he sticks to it and it, it applies to all 32 teams. So it's fair um, in that sense. He actually has the Minnesota Wild as the top team in his, in his rankings. He's got them as the number one skater ranking, uh, number one overall ranking as well. Um, and so I, th- I think that's a real... Uh, no matter what you believe about kind of how you can predict and, and rate prospects... That's a really encouraging um, piece. He, sure. he talks about the star yeah. potential that they have 
in their top five. So someone like Boldy, while he was on the team last year, is still included in this. And so you've got star potential with Rossi, Boldy, Addison, Yurov, Ogren, uh, saying that no one else, one of the things he says is that no one else touches that in terms of star potential, uh, mm-hmm. as well as just talking about great depth and having Wallstead back there as a, a goalie prospect is certainly something that's very encouraging. So they've got lots of really good pieces, defense forward, and to have that goalie prospect. Uh, the future is bright and going to have to use some of these young guys, some of the entry-level contracts as the money gets tight. Um, but yeah, I uh, certainly an interesting offseason for the, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, I guess trading Kevin Fiala, that's something that's happened too. There's been a lot that's happened since last talked about uh, the Wild, but Certainly discouraging. Sorry, flower. One well, and they re-signed flower, which is which is certainly something. And then traded yeah. Talbot away. And again, yeah. there's there's been so much news uh, for this team. Right. And right. while they may not necessarily be better, uh, I think there's right. still optimism. Yeah, right. That's that's probably fair. Yeah, things have happened. Whether they actually took a step forward or not, probably not. They actually probably took a step back. Probably took a step back. Yeah. But it, it is interesting, even like you start to see now with the way that the season ended. And then like, think yeah. about it, if you traded that first for someone like Hurdle, which was kind of thrown around, uh, yeah. you, you miss out on a guy like Ogren. And, and if they had done well and gone deep, uh, even if you win the thing, it, uh, you literally could care less. Um, but considering that they didn't get past the first round and now had yeah. this draft and, and have a, a bright player to to kind of move forward with uh yeah it's it certainly is interesting they've got right now they still got 4.3 million dollars in, in cap space which is not insignificant um so yeah it's going to be it is going to be interesting to see uh what this team does yeah certainly i mean i was just saying that uh you know real football is coming back and is going to be abundant i mean the nhl just had their free agency and that was just it was a bonkers free agency. And it's a little unfortunate, like Sam was saying, that Minnesota didn't have a ton of money to maybe kind of join the fun. But uh, there's still going to be a playoff team in all likelihood. And, uh, you know, they're likely going to get into the playoffs. They still get that strong prospect group. And who knows if they can maybe shift money around by a trade or something along those lines and uh, and maybe add a piece or two leading up to the the season which october sam is that when the nhl season starts uh yeah start of october okay. uh they, i'm tr- i can't remember the exact date they've been they they keep trying to push it forward because they've with covid they really got pushed back yeah uh, and so they're kind of trying to get back on the schedule that they have been uh, right okay so, so yeah we've got that uh yeah end of september early october season will begin but but yeah they uh Really, the, all they did was they re-signed uh, Jacob Middleton, who came over in the the uh, trade at the trade deadline. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury. Other than that, not a whole lot to happen in, in free agency. But yep, they still got some money, and maybe they'll be able to to get some some of these guys that at a discounted price. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. Some of the guys that stick around because there's some good good players still out there. Um, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see. But but that's the very quick scrambled. Dump yeah. uh, news dump on the uh, on the Minnesota Wild. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll wrap up there. We uh, 
we'll be back. We'll have, well, we're still figuring out what we'll do in terms of next episode. We'll either have something next week or, or the week after, uh, and then we'll start breaking down preseason games uh, and be here to, to talk about that. Uh, and in some ways the preseason games are kind of actually fun to talk about and discuss because you really see yeah. a lot of what's happening. It's like, you're seeing different players come in. Um, I always have a hard time figuring out kind of how much can you take from that, but certainly you get to see what players look like in action competing. Uh, pretty interested to see some of these rookies and what that looks like. Uh, so excited for that. So we'll wrap up there. Uh, sure to check out purpleptsd.com for Vikings coverage. Other than that, hope everyone's having a good summer and we'll, uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks everyone for listening.